Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to stories of discipleship and putting Scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of just fewer than 1,000 churches throughout Kansas and Nebraska. I'm also a certified lay minister in the United Methodist Church, so what you hear on this show truly comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 25 years' experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teenagers to 90-somethings, and I served as a journalist for 20 years prior to entering ministry. So I'm excited to share with you stories of disciples in action and to explore with you what the Bible has to teach us in the 21st century. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes feature interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. Still others include short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. In July 2023, a group of clergy and laity from the Great Plains Conference met up with fellow United Methodists from the Louisiana Conference for a civil rights immersion experience. Over the course of four days, the group lived the history of Alabama. Our group spent much of its time in Montgomery. We saw the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church and walked in the parsonage where Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King lived. We spent the better part of a day at the Legacy Museum, a mission of the Equal Justice Initiative, or EJI. It's an amazing museum that uses the latest in technology to help tell the story of racism. From kidnappings on the African continent, to the often deadly voyage to North America, to the brutality of slavery. It also explains the injustice of Jim Crow laws and addresses the modern-day iniquity of mass incarceration. Our group saw the bus station where Freedom Riders were beaten. And we walked a memorial dedicated to honoring the lives of the numerous people lynched over the years, including right here in Kansas and Nebraska. We traveled to Selma and walked the bridge where Dr. King, John Lewis, and others were abused by white supremacists, including police officers. In Birmingham, we talked with people who were members of the 16th Street Baptist Church, where four girls were killed by a bomb. And we toured the Civil Rights Institute, which tells the story, decade by decade, of the push for equity in this country. February is Black History Month, so I wanted to share some of the stories from our trip. I wanted to provide an opportunity for listeners to feel the emotions, embrace the potential for change in our country by hearing the stories of people, black, brown, and white. And in this concluding episode of the three-part series, I want to convey the ways people believe they've changed, and their hopes and dreams for how our world can change, for the better. Just a quick reminder that some of these interviews were conducted in August of 2023, and others were conducted in January and February of this year. To get us started, here's Jerry Williams, a layperson who lives in Fairway, Kansas, sharing his biggest takeaway from the civil rights immersion. As, as I went through it, I, I really wanted other people to have the same experiences that I had. It's like other people have to do this. They just have to do it because you're not the same person when you go to those places and come out. You're just not the same. I wholeheartedly agree with Jerry. I don't think you can see the powerful exhibits that show how people who died en route to enslavement were just tossed overboard from slave ships. You can't talk to people who actually knew Dr. King or who lived through violence inflicted by white supremacists and not feel empathy for what they endured. I know I went home a changed person. I suspect many of our fellow travelers did too. 
Jerry told me that even he, as a black man who grew up in the United States, learned much about our troubled history during the trip. The he that Jerry speaks about is Dr. King. I can tell you, when I was in uh, the parsonage uh, at uh, Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, and we were almost kind of free to walk through the house. And we were in, I just remember being in the, the library where he used to write. I remember walking by seeing his bathroom and I was like, he probably shaved in that mirror and his bed. I mean, we were there and it was so intimate, I thought, just to kind of be there, because I consider him a founding father of the, the U.S. But when I was there, it's like he was a real person. He was just, he shaved, he ate dinner in that house. He had coffee, his wife and kids were there. He was a real person. And kind of, again, I, I don't know if I want to say up to that point, I didn't believe he was real, because I knew he was real. But you kind of put some mythical, superhuman, um, I don't know, skills, or you give that to uh, him, like, oh, he did what he did, but he was just different. <laughs> but when you go in there, it's like, no, he wasn't. He was just like us. And, and you kind of have that feeling like, you know, I could do something. I don't know if I could do anything as like what he did, but I could do something. And that kind of stuck with me. And it's like, I still have time. There's still work to do. And he was just a normal human being like me. And I, I could do something. I mean, I'm 62 years old. And I kind of thought I was well aware of kind of what all had happened uh, in history. And I don't know if I ever would have had um some of the experience that I experiences that I had and felt on that trip if I had not gone and that was totally unexpected that that changed me a, a little bit just by being there uh and in the the other places like the 16th street baptist church uh and seeing the the people who were I think they were all volunteers and they were so proud to do the work that they were doing. And uh, it, it was kind of like, I was, I made it all personal. It's like, I should be just as proud as they are to have this as part of my history. All that stuff changed me. And I know it changed most of the people on that trip. Abhiskar Sharma is a college student from Nepal. You heard her in the second of these three episodes talking about the caste system where she grew up and how it compares to racial injustice in the United States. She served on the MICA Corps, a social justice internship and training ground for young adults sponsored by the Great Plains Conference. What she saw changed her perspective of the United States. This trip was kind of life-changing. I never used this word like life-changing, but then this was something um beyond like i haven't witnessed 
um such history like maybe i was shocked because it was the united states i i used to think like i had a different perspective of the united states everything is perfect most developed country and everything so going to this trip was very helpful for me to like show me a different mirror of the united states like i'm more aware of, of like about my surrounding like what kind of people are there and how one is re like um reacting to the other person um so it's just like uh, i have like more awareness and i have like more hunger to learn more things um after coming after the trip like i read more books um i finished um the book the the original sin the america's original sin so i read that book and like i'm just like um learning more and also thinking about about like what can we do to um change things in a good way and it's like i want to talk more with other people and learn like how like do you have any idea about this things or like it's like let's talk kind of thing another international student joseph kasongo from the democratic republic of congo found inspiration from the people who marched across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma. I know the the march on the is it Edmund Pettus Bridge? Yeah. Learning that they were they marched for the first time and then they got assaulted by the police and everything and they decided to come back for the second time. I was like, wow, these people are really determined in whatever they were doing. I mean, they really wanted to fight for their right to vote and everything. So I think that was really uh mind-blowing to me and i really i really like the fact that you know they they didn't care it's like they, they put their lives on the line i mean for their rights they were like okay we got beat on the first time but we're still marching for the second time and for the second time they, they had martin luther king and some other people come you know join them and i was like that's really impressive they really you know they really wanted to fight for their rights if you haven't picked up on it yet i've been quite captivated by the observations of young people who took part in the civil rights immersion I was intrigued by their perspectives, the questions they asked, and the feelings that they articulated. Many of our MICA Corps members from last summer made the trip. Not only was it great to meet and spend time with them, but we also had the chance to talk with them about their feelings of what they experienced. Reverend Laura Andrews is the campus minister at Kansas State University. She visited Montgomery as a young adult and took part in our trip in July 2023, her second time there. And then earlier in 2024, she led a group of students from the University of Kansas and K-State to Alabama. She'll lead another group on a Native American cultural immersion trip to Oklahoma in March of this year. I find the that a justice encounter is one of the best ways to accompany young people into um, a discovery of justice and um, the intersection of justice and mercy and and had done that with youth in Lenexa and so uh, down to Tulsa. And so when I got the appointment for K-State, I knew right away that we would do some justice encounter because I just think it's so transformative and having experienced that this summer with the MICA Corps and seeing what that what that was like for them i i i wanted to do that with k-state and so i i literally as soon as i got the green light to to share my appointment i called susan mercer at ku and i said we should do this together and she's like i'm in let's do it and so uh we um we planned the 
the trip for winter break and had this this group come together and Susan had never been before um but it was now my third time and so I I realized kind of what my role now is to help um help to to curate an experience that can um that can be a place where where they experience God and God's justice through the the same steps that I had, you know, and and done that same thing. And so we went and um, we didn't go to Birmingham, but we did Montgomery and Selma, and uh, it was it was so beautiful to see their first time to to see those spaces um, and to to hold space when their hearts broke, like our hearts broke and to, um, to answer questions about, okay, so what was the freedom rides? Like what, I don't even know what that is, but then to also hear, um, you know, Xander, Seth came this summer and then on that, that trip too. And to hear him talk about, you know, I didn't really know what this was the first time we went to it. And now I see so much more. And, and that I think is, it's obviously a privilege to be able to travel and to, to have those repeat experiences, but we can travel with our knowledge all the time and we can repeat and we can learn again. I mean, I think that's what we're doing with the history that we didn't learn growing up as white folks for me in rural Kansas didn't learn about all of these things and so it's repeating the history and getting the story right and and we do that again and again anyway and so um, this was just a physical experience of doing that. Laura mentioned Xander Seth. He's a first-year student at K-State originally from Linden, Kansas. Besides being a fun young man to be around and to joke around with and trust me he gives as good as he gets especially when it comes to where my hairline is concerned. He's a deep-thinking person. He explained why it's important for young people to be involved in these kinds of learning opportunities. Hearing the stories from those who have been affected by this terrible time, obviously in history, um, really put it into perspective for me. And I would say that, like, I'm only 18 years old right now, but, like, part of me feels like I was failed to be taught this information. And um, that's where my shame comes from. Being a young person, and especially, like, being one of, the youngest people on the trip if I think I was the second youngest person on the trip um that was definitely like a big like I wasn't expecting that like when I filled out the application to go and um I would say like to get this more out there um we really need to like focus on teaching the younger generation like obviously we need to teach the older, older generation as well but like the younger generation are like the ones that are gonna be more likely to make that change or make that impact Odyssey Mann was another young person on the trip. A graduate of Southwestern College, she's now a student at Yale Divinity School. She's an incredibly talented young woman who writes poetry and songs. That talent helped her process what she had seen and heard during the immersion trip. So I've, wrote, I've written different poems and different songs. I think the two of my favorite ones, one is called Shoulders and the second one is called Marching On. Uh, Marching On was uh, inspired from the Martin Luther King um, speech um, I, that he said, I believe, before he crossed the Salem Bridge or after. Um, dur during that time um, is when I um, wrote it, as when we were crossing the, the bridge. And it, it was um, 
how long not long god's truth is marching on or something similar to that um i'm not sure if those were my lyrics or martin luther king's or if i took martin luther king's and made some variation of it but um in the chords that i chose um are very are the same chord progression of the song that we sing, sing waiting in the water um god's gonna trouble the water so it sounds very um similar and that's how I end my song actually because it's a very like just that little little chorus um and it it it's very it leaves the audience like kind of grappling on like oh what are we gonna do now like uh and I I, I really like that song a lot because um it, it's about the Martin Luther King speech it's about waiting in the water and it's um it, it talks about this hope that that while we're marching that they're, they're we don't have to wait much longer because because God's reign that that's what reigns above everything um and if we have this hope in god um god's justice will, will prevail so um that that song was really inspired by walking the salem bridge and another song i wrote called shoulders was inspired by at the very end of the equal justice initiative um there's a giant quote there's a room it's orange the golden with all the pictures odyssey is talking about the final exhibit that you see at the legacy museum it's a giant and very tall, orange and yellow room with portraits of black people who have done amazing things. You can go to a digital kiosk in that room and touch the portraits to learn more about each of the person's accomplishments and or their reasons for notoriety. There's a quote on the wall that says, um, we stand on the shoulders of those who did so much more with so much less. Um, And so the song that I wrote called Shoulders is about, um, it was me reflecting on my family um, and my heritage and my great grandparents who came to this country, um, who worked the fields. Like I am the only, I'm the first generation in my family who's never had to work in the fields. Um, whereas my parents worked in the fields, their parents, grandparents, my dad was born in Colorado because they would, um, the, our neighborhood would get on buses and they would travel and then they'd go pick the farms. And that's when my mom or my grandma went into labor, had him there and then came back as they were working on the fields like and I've never had I've never had to um, experience that so um, that song is just talking about I'm standing on the shoulders the shoulders of those who came before me I'm representing uh, your memory here tonight walking with you by my side so it's it's just me reflecting on my personal heritage and um, kind of acknowledging and honoring the family that came before me to be where I am now. I wrote a few songs about my experiences in Alabama, um, and I'm trying to get them recorded. So that's a project that I still am going on, uh, going through. I think being aware and informed and knowing these different stories has just kind of changed my perspective on church justice and how we're supposed to live out our faith. Um, I think as somebody who considers themselves as justice oriented as I am to be quote unquote, as I wouldn't say I was ignorant before the trip, but I definitely wasn't as aware as I am now makes me, made me realize that there's always something more to know. There's always another story. There's always something that needs to be taught and needs to be told and needs to be shared. Um, so it, it really changes my perspective on, I guess that part of history um, and how I live my life and the way in which I communicate with people. Yet another young person on our trip, in fact, the youngest in our group, was Malaika Katharima, 
a computer science major at the University of Nebraska, Omaha. She shared in our last episode about the importance of names. When I asked her about what aspects of our trip resonated with her, she told the story of her Muslim friends at UNO and the importance of their faith amid the war currently underway in Gaza. What that trip has helped me do is is not only helped the empathy that I already had before, but maximized it. And to see how much faith kept so many people together, to know I follow so many Palestinian reporters, what is keeping those families together is their faith in God. Because whatever anyone thinks about Islam, it is still an Abrahamic religion. They believe in the same God we believe. They, they believe in God. And they, their faith in God is what's keeping them moving and even wanting to continue on. And I can imagine that sense of faith and hope that they have because that's what I felt when I was like, especially when we were in that basement of that church with the mural. Malika is talking about a dramatic mural that spans an entire wall in the basement of the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham. It's the location where four young girls were killed in a bomb on a Sunday morning. The mural depicts important moments and people, both friend and foe, of the civil rights movement. Everything that kept people together was faith. And I know that like, whatever my relationship is with God, it can, it is very powerful for other people, what that faith can do. And it has allowed me to see and appreciate it is what it's helped me to do. I think the beauty of religion is what I took from that, from that trip and how even in the toughest of things, like the toughest and worst situations, literally anyone could be in even if some people think it's silly like faith is what's keeping them going to me it was like it allowed me to see the beauty in things where like i tend to catastrophize so when i see something bad i think bad and it allowed me to see the beauty in things so like my friend, she tells me a lot of stories about Islam, and I think it's beautiful. Like, she says when she's reading, when you're reading the Quran, you're surrounded by angels because their angels can't read the Quran. So they want to listen to you when you read it to hear the word of God. And so it's like things like that. And then I share things as well. And she's like, wow, that's really beautiful. And it's like, to me, it helped me see like how religion can bring a lot of people together, even in whether you believe in it a lot or believe in it even the tiniest bit, some people it's like that little bit of faith and hope is enough to connect people or it's enough to keep people going in a very, very hard time. Faith is just as important today as it was at the height of the civil rights movement. I say that because it is faith that binds us together. It is faith that reaches across all the lines we create that divide people, age, race, socioeconomic status, sexual preference and identity. Faith bridges the divides that humans have created for themselves. And I think that's a good thing, because we still have to fight for justice. Again, here's Reverend Laura Andrews. EJI, the Equal Justice Initiative's work, to really spell out what is the link between enslavement to today's mass incarceration, that... um, has haunted me. And I think 
helps me not just get stuck in the history that that was that you know that there was an auction block at at the circle the city circle you know we can get caught in that that past but the equal justice initiative helps it become reality today too of where injustice continues to be and so i think that i i continue to think okay how can I draw that pilgrimage, that journey we had together to to continue to do that where I am too? You know, the the mass incarceration is now. You know, the death penalty uh, wrongly is now. We just heard about an Alabama case, right? And so when I hear about what happened in Alabama, I know Equal Justice Initiative is working on it. And I think about the stories that I heard about people sharing um, desperation and asking for help from EJI and each of those narratives, I can't, I can't help but, but keep thinking about the present injustice and, and not just the history. So we still have work to do. Pastor Rhonda Kingwood serves at Heart of Christ United Methodist Church in Wichita. In a podcast episode soon after the death of George Floyd, Rhonda frankly told me and other white people like me that she didn't want us to go colorblind. She said she needed us to see her color. And that's because people of color need their white brothers and sisters to stand up and advocate for equity. As much as she valued the civil rights immersion, Rhonda pointed out that we, both as a conference and a denomination, can't stop at merely educating ourselves. Here's Rhonda. I think it makes me want to really uh, move forward in trying to have those hard conversations let me see something. So this didn't just become a trip that we're going to talk about our feelings and that's it. I want to see what are we going to do with this. So, And, and I have to say, even in the van driving over in the conversations um, that we had were impactful because in those times trying to unpack you know, some of the things that we've seen and what that means for us today, um, I think was very impactful. Um, really seeing things through other people's um, eyes um, was impactful. I was in a van with Bishop and um, Nicole and Laura. Rhonda is talking about Bishop David Wilson, Reverend Nicole Connard, the Associate Director of Congregational Excellence for the Great Plains Conference, and Reverend Laura Andrews, whom you met earlier. We had some great conversation really about where do we start as a conference? Now that we've done this, what our next move is. And I think that's what this trip um, was really partly about, is to let us see let us feel, let us listen, let us hear, and then let's move. And I think that that's the impactful piece for me. Plans are being developed for how to put to use what participants on the civil rights immersion trips such as this, as well as others related to Native American culture in Oklahoma. For now, it's up to the people who go on these trips to discern how to put what they learn to use in their own communities. One person who has started to take action is Jerry Williams. Since I spoke with him in August of 2023, he's won a seat on the Fairway, Kansas Town Council. He's planning to retire soon, and he's figured out how he intends to serve in his post-corporate life. Again, here's Jerry. Anybody who knows me knows that I've been talking about retiring for the last five years. 
and I would get to the date that I had in mind. I was like, well, I'm not ready. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I don't, I don't want to sit around and drink wine all day and watch TV. Uh, not that that's what retired people do, but it's like, what am I going to do all day? After that trip, I know exactly what I'm doing. And I know the area that I want to work in. Uh, I've kind of already started to work in our church in some uh, uh, areas on kind of diversity and inclusion. I'm partnered up with uh, Laura uh, from the, the uh, trip. She's, uh, I didn't know her before the trip, Laura Andrews, uh, but she's uh, looking to start up uh, a church in Roland Park, the next city over from us. And it's all about being inclusive and open to everyone. And I am so looking forward to working with her in any capacity that kind of she sees for us to work in. And there's another guy, uh, a friend of mine, uh, you remember Mike Eggleston? Well, he's kind of part of the group as well. And I cannot tell you how excited we are to, hopefully it, 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 it happens, but just to, we have a vision of that church kind of changing the, the neighborhood and just kind of doing God's work uh, and just being open to the community and welcoming everybody. So I, I'm, I am thrilled at the next phase. Um, I don't know if I would have had the courage to do something like that uh, or the willingness, but it's, I, it's so necessary. And to, to be with people who I met on that trip that have the same vision, it's exciting. And I think, uh, so the first thing how I change is I'm retiring, I'm leaving this corporate world and I'm gonna go do something that I think will be more impactful for the rest of my life. Jerry the last word for this short series on the civil rights immersion trip to Alabama. His is the story of one person, already involved in a local church and a follower of Christ, but who is ready to do even bigger and better things for Jesus in the world. Folks, we have much more work like this that he's talking about. The civil rights movement is not over. We haven't achieved equity yet, not by a long shot. As we inch closer to the end of Black History Month in 2024, let's all vow to continue to learn. Let's pledge to work together for the betterment of all of our brothers and sisters by wiping out the lines that we as human beings have drawn to separate ourselves from others. Let's honor the memories of the people who went to such great lengths to fight for the rights of others by continuing to seek justice for as long as that effort takes. I want to thank you all for listening to this special three-episode series of In Layman's Terms. In closing, it only seems appropriate to share the words so many of you know so well from the prophet Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God.
In Layman's Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you like what you've heard in this episode, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps others find us. And if you're so inclined, please share the link to this podcast on your social media channels. Our music and sound effects come via subscriptions to Universal Production Music and to Storyblocks. You can find archived episodes on the conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org podcasts or on my website, toddseifert.com. Please email me with any questions or comments to tseifert at greatplainsumc.org and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thank you for listening. And until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.